Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina Muhammad wa ashabi wa barik wa sallim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Rabbish rahli sadri wa yassirli amri Wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli Bibarakati inna Allah wa malaikatahu yasalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina wa Mawlana Muhammad wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. My respected elders, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters and beautiful children, as well as all the listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, all praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For Allah indeed is the absolute sovereign of the skies and the earth. Ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika la. I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship but Allah. And Allah has no partner whatsoever. وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أنا سمسلم أي بيوتنس that I believe in all the prophets and that Nabi Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم is the absolute final of all divine emissaries and prophets from Allah. Alhamdulillah we thank Almighty Allah for the precious gift of life that Allah has given us. And for granting us the honor to be members of the honorable ummah of Sayyiduna Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But I need to state that if we look at the global situation at present of the Muslim ummah, it is so sad. One can actually cry blood for that ummah who is so lost today, who is so disunited today, and they are ravaged by the scourge of sectarianism, disunity, and infighting. And it is this present state of the Muslim Ummah worldwide that reminds us of the hadith that the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one day spoke to his noble Sahaba. And he said to them, Oh my Sahaba, there will come a time upon this Ummah that the nations of the world will vie and compete with each other to attack you. And the Nabi made an example by saying that if people are invited to a feast, how they ravage the food that is presented to them. So the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, the nations of the world will attack you and they will ravage you as the Muslim ummah. And then the sahaba asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how will this be? Will it because we will be few in number? Will it because we will be of a small quantity of Muslims? And listen what the Nabi salam replied. Our beloved Rasul said, Nay, on the contrary, the Muslim Ummah will be like the foam of the ocean. 
And if you look at our number, approximately 1.2 to 5 billion, million, billion people throughout the world as believers of the Kalima Tawheed. And yet we are at the receiving end of nations who demonize Islam, who demonize Muslims, coining all kinds of phrases to describe us, like fundamentalist, Muslim terrorist, Islamist. That is the new coin that they use today, Islamist. I ask people, what is the meaning of Islamist? No one can say these are the ugly and evil phrases that they coin in order to demonize the Muslims and to demonize Islam. This is all based on our lack of quality. This is what the Nabi said. You will be like the foam of the ocean. Quantity is not a problem. There will be millions of Muslims. But will that Muslims be people of quality? Will they be able to, for, to form a force to be reckoned with? And that is not what we are at present. This lack of unity, this lack of quality of the Muslim Ummah stems directly from our Muslim disunity. The scourge of, drown, of, of sectarianism that we are drowning in and many other contributing factors. But let me tell you, I don't intend to stand here and sound gloomy. And I don't stand here to be morbid or to make you morbid. Because the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam give us this warning not to make us morbid, but rather for us as a ummah to prepare ourselves, to strengthen ourselves, and to take the necessary measures that we are not a force that everyone can just kick from pillar to post. But we are a global Muslim believing community in the one almighty living God of the universe. And we will not be messed with. And therefore we take our inspiration from the glorious Quran. The famous ayah that we hear on many occasions when Allah Almighty revealed this ayah. Kuntum khaira ummatin ukhrijat linnas. Allah said, Oh, you Muslim community, the believing community, you are the best of people, the best of nation that I've taken out for the guidance of mankind. But we need to understand when this ayah was revealed, it was revealed unto the heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi referring to the first Muslim community of believers. People who were barbarians and they became the torchbearers of, the, of civilization. People who became an intellectual powerhouse and they were people of ignorance and warmongers before. People who took the torch of learning and civilization and bringing civilization to a world that was steeped in the Middle Ages and the Dark Ages, 
from is from Islamic Spain to China to India and all over the world, right to the very southern tip of Africa where we find ourselves today as Muslims. These were the people who committed their whole being to the cause of Islam, to the message of Rasulullah sallallahu That's why Allah said to them, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas. You are the best of nation that I've taken out, Allah say, for the guidance of mankind. What was it that made these ex-barbarians the torchbearers of civilization? These ex-warmongers bringing peace to a world, a world that was soaked in bloodshed and war. What was it that made them that great people? And we should learn from this how we can, can, can come back to this great glory that once belonged to us as a Muslim community. And Allah Almighty Himself give us these three factors in the Quran. What made the first community of believers such giants that they brought the superpower of Rome and Persia onto their knees? The entire world was trembling if they heard the Muslim community or the Muslim army was advancing somewhere to liberate the oppressed people from the tyrants and the oppressors of the day. What was it that made them great? The first point that Allah mentions, Allah says, Ta'muruna bil ma'roof. They had in them that quality and that powerful drive to bring awareness of good. Call the people to good. Call the people to the light of guidance. And this is what we need to do today. Have more awareness programs. Positive educational outreach programs. Empower people. Educate people. And that is so important. Like if you look back at last week or the week before, we had this great cancer awareness programs for the entire month of October there were cancer awareness and it taught me something it showed me that even though you're the imam you still don't know you still know very little I also just knew something about cancer it was only lately that I came to know about prostate cancer, about lung cancer, about throat cancer. And believe you me, I got such a shock to hear that even men can get breast cancer. I was so shocked. That's why I check my chun chalice every morning now, see if I'm okay. But we need to educate ourselves. We need to become empowered. And this is what the world needs. Of all kinds of issues. As we have a Tuesday morning housewife forum, I hope to have in the future a men forum. Because there's many issues that we need to discuss. Many issues that we need answers for. Many issues like men shy away from discussing prostate cancer and all these things. We need to get together. There's hundreds of problems that the imams sit with in the office because men are too shy to come forward. I hope we're going to break that barrier soon, inshallah. Inshallah. Amen. So yes, awareness and educational programs is one of the first points to call people to the light of guidance. 
The second point that Allah mentions, وَتَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ munkar, And they had that powerful drive in them to forbid what is wrong, to oppose every form of injustice, and to stand up against tyranny and oppression. That should be an inherent quality of every Muslim. Every Muslim by nature must oppose injustice and tyranny and oppression. And therefore, I can stand here and say to all those students who brought the country basically to a standstill, to rise up for the basic rights that we stand with them to a certain measure. I personally, and I speak under correction, anyone wants to rectify me, you're welcome to rectify me after the Juma. But I don't believe in free education. Maybe free education on merit for those who really deserve it. But they must plow back into the community when they are qualified. We must rather strive for affordable education. Because education is the right of every person. But if everything is free, will we understand and recognize the value of those things that we just get free, by the way? We also distance ourselves from the rioting that takes place during these marches, where council property and private properties are being desecrated and destroyed, this is not Islamic, and therefore we need to tell our Muslim students, you abstain from such things and such happenings. Don't get involved, but where you stand up for your basic right, we fully, fully support you. And the third point that Allah mentions, Allah says, And what made them that powerful force was their firm iman in Allah, establishing Allah consciousness against a growing world of secularism and godlessness. If we can look at these three points and start implementing it and work on these three points, we are well on our way to take back our past glory, that legacy that our forefathers left for us. The world today is groping in darkness, Jamaat al-Muslimin. The modern world is being consumed by a dangerous cancer. A cancer which Allah refers to when Allah says, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Allahakumuttakathur. Allah said, Do you know what keeps you away from progress? Real progress, intellectual progress, mental progress, spiritual progress, progress in every way. Do you know what keeps you away? What is the hindrance? Allah says, Attakathur. What is Attakathur? Attakathur means the cancer of greed. Greed for money, greed for fame, greed for power. Why do you think you have so much allegations of scandal and corruption even in our government houses, in our homes and our corridors of power? Because everything is based on greed. And Allah says, It is greed, the amassing of things. You want more. So much that the Nabi said that Allah says in the Hadith Qudsi that man by nature He is greedy. He allows greed to overtake him and then he strives to get a whole valley full of gold. 
And once he get that valley full of gold, he is not satisfied. He will strive to attain a second valley of gold. Once you have two, he will strive to get three. Never, never content and satisfied. And at the end of the day, the Nabi alayhi salam said, the only thing you get is dust and sand being thrown on you. Greed is a cancer. And greed is destroying this world on which the capitalist economic system today, the very, it is basically turning on the axis of greed. Why do you think countries bomb each other today? Even Muslim countries bombing other poorer Muslim countries. Everything based on greed for power, greed for money, greed for oil, greed for more petrodollars. Well, at the end, their greed will be their destruction. And so the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam warns us, Jamaat al-Muslimin, that a time will come over my ummah when a person will go to sleep in the evening as a believer. And when he wakes up the next morning, he wakes up as a kafir, as an unbeliever. And a person will go to sleep as a kafir and will wake up the next morning as a believer. Dangerous times. Serious warnings from the Mubarak lips of Rasulullah who warned us against these times that we are faced with. And I have no doubt that the present state that we find ourselves in was prophesied by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi fourteen hundred years ago when he said with tears in his eyes, with a heavy heart he said, Sa'ati ala ummati zaman. There will come a very sad time upon my ummah. They will be in the millions, in the billions, like the foam of the ocean. They will be scattered throughout the world. Wherever you look, you will find Muslims you will find believers but the sad time will come over them the Nabi alayhi salam said la yabqa minal islam illa ismu Islam will remain in name only you will hear about Islam but where must you see Islam where must the world see Islam is the world not supposed to see Islam Practical in my and your life? Wallahi, if we truly implement Islam into our lives, we don't have to give dawah by word. Our actions will be enough for people to enter the fold of Islam. This was the Sahaba. People looked at them. Our great awliya. People looked at them and they embraced Islam. Why? Islam was not only in name. Islam was their very lifestyle. The Nabi continued by saying, "Wala min al-Quran illa rasmu," and the Quran will be nothing but a forsaken thing to the Muslims. It will just be an ordinary book. It will be placed in the cupboard, wrapped up. They will only take it out of the cupboard if they need someone to take an oath. Then they must sumba on the Quran. They will only take it out during the month of Ramadan, maybe. To read the khatam of the Qur'an. But the Qur'an was not revealed for that purpose. The Qur'an is Allah's entire message from Alhamdulillah to Qulaudha Barabbin Nas as a manual of guidance for our 
24 hours of our daily life. That is what the Quran is. Islam must be in my life and the Quran must be in my heart. And then we will be well on our way to get back and to take back our glory of the past. And then the Prophet ﷺ continued this hadith by saying, and I want you to listen very carefully. And I don't also want you to misunderstand it. So listen carefully. The Nabi say, Masajiduhum amira wa minal huda. Listen what the Nabi says. You will find at that sad time that all the mosques and the masajid will be filled with capacity, full to capacity. The masajid will be full of people. Walakin, but it will be empty of guidance. There will be no true guidance emanating from the masjid. Once again, it shows us and it teaches us, don't be impressed if you see a couple of thousand people in the masjid, but that people are not quality. We are not quality. I'm including myself here because we need to uplift ourselves. The masajid will be full. It will be empty of guidance. No guidance will emanate. We are supposed to see that guidance emanate from this masjid. The beauty of a masjid does not lie in its chandeliers or in its beautiful artwork or beautiful pillars. Yes, that is good if we put it in the masjid. It is Allah's house. We beautify it. But the actual beauty of the masjid is the spirituality. The spirituality of the masjid and the guidance that must emanate from the masjid. And for that, you and I and every one of us is morally and individually responsible for that. Because this masjid is the house of Allah. It belongs to each and every one of us. We must see that there is serenity, there is peace, there is guidance emanating and prevailing in the masjid. And then the last part of this hadith, which I find very sad, and I want you to listen and not misunderstand me. The Nabi alayhi salam said, Ulamauhum sharrum min tahti adimis sama min indihim takhrujul fitna wa fihim ta'ud. Listen what the Nabi say. The worst people under the sun will be some of the ulama. And the reason why I say I don't want you to understand me, don't think that this is a message for anyone to become anti ulama or shout slogans death to the ulama. Know this other hadith where the Nabi say, Akrimul ulama, honor the ulama, fa'innal ulama awarathatul anbiya, because the ulama are the inheritors and the heirs of the prophets. So what does the prophet mean here? He refers to some of the ulama, some of the people who are knowledgeable, who have qualifications, who parade as ulama, but they indulge in fitna. They indulge in the worst crimes and sins. Wafihim ta'ud. And because they indulge in fitna, the Nabi say, it reverts directly back to them. And that's why we need to make it our individual duty to find out, am I learning by the proper ulama? Who are the proper ulama? Who are the true ulama that will guide me away from doubt to certainty. Who will 
Lead me away from darkness of ignorance to the light of guidance. It is your duty, my and your duty, to find out who are the true ulama that we attach ourselves to these honorable heirs and inheritors of the Prophet. Why is it that our hearts are dead? Why is it that greed is consuming us? Why is it that we have become the recipients of total abuse and persecution of torture from the rest of the nations of the world? We have become a laughing stock because the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say, when you see these two things, this is what will happen to you because of two things. dunya wa kurhul maut. Love for the dunya will creep into your hearts, the Nabi said. Once the love for dunya creep in our hearts, yes, we need the dunya. The dunya is our only home here. But we must make use of this dunya to attain success in the qabr and success in the akhirah. Not become slaves to the world, but you will become slaves to materialism if you get too much love for the world in your heart, and you have a dislike for death. Because Muslims always used to believe that death is not the end of everything. Death is only another minor step that I'm taking, which is also but temporary. Right? That's why Allah say. Until you are made to visit the graves. Can you see how Allah used the words? Visit the graves. Once you're a visitor, you are not permanent. So when I die and I'm buried, I'm only a visitor to my grave. I'm going to move forward into the akhirah where I'm going to stand in the divine presence of my beloved Lord, Allah Azza wa Jalla. This is the belief of a Muslim. Greed will not take hold of us. We will not be slaves of the world and of materialism, but will remain staunch slaves and pakka ibad and bandas for Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jamaat again I want to say, this is not mere gloom that I'm preaching here. It's not doom. It's not negativity. It's for us to wake up. So what is the way forward? First and foremost, I will present you just three quick points for us to way forward. Number one, individual change must take place. Every one of us must, be, must take the responsibility that there's a lot of room of improvement for me to come closer to my Allah. Maybe if I never made the hajjud, I'm going to start making tahajjud even if it is once a week. If I never fasted outside of Ramadan, at least I'm going to start maybe a fast either on a Monday or on a Thursday following my Rasul. Add some dhikr into our lives, etc., etc. Change our individual self. As we change individually, it will grow to the second point, communal change, societal change. Change as a global and a local community. And one beautiful way our community can change for the better, look back what made us a good community, try, I say it always and I say it again, try to bring back the Thursday night dickers in your homes. 
Wallahi, wallahi, I swear by Allah, in His hands is my life. Wallahi, in no time you will see the change in your home. Last night, I, some people invited me. I went into their home, and as I came in, I was embraced with warmth. I was in, embraced with spirituality and also a beautiful dhikr taking place. And I say, sat down, and I said, Ya Allah, this feeling that I have in this home, make it that every home, every house in our community must become a home like this. Because all of us stay in houses, but every house is not a home. We need to turn our house into a home through the dhikr and the remembrance of Allah. And the third, last point, Invest in our youth. Our youth, our mothers and fathers of tomorrow, invest into them. You know, a very beautiful uh, example, Ajisatar Parker always speaks here on a Tuesday night. And I really liked what he said on Tuesday night. When he referred back, he took us down memory lane. And he said there was a time when some of our bapas and our grandfathers used to buy Big cars. But for what purpose? Not to boast, not to brag, but with the intention that this car must be big enough that I can pick up some of my neighbors and some of my family members that together we can go to the Gerwi Sharif, together we can go to the Mawlud, together we can go to the Ijtima, together we can go to places that are good and that are faida in. Nowadays we find that we go to one wedding. I go to the wedding with my car. My wife goes to the same wedding in her car. My son goes to the same wedding in his car. And my daughter goes to the same wedding in her car. What happened to that family togetherness? And it is this kind of legacy that we had that we must introduce to our youth. And we need to sit them down, take them down memory lane, and remind them of a few incidents, how we grew up. I am proud of the fact that I grew up going to school with my bata tafis. The soles are finished, worn out, and we just put Quran papi inside. You remember? My God, Allah. please, just interact with me. Just, just... Interact with me. Can you remember that time? I'm proud of the fact that I went to school sometimes with the patched pens. the brook. I'm proud. Because within all that poverty, we grew up into the fine people, alhamdulillah, that we are today. Are we not spoiling our children rotten to the core at the moment? You know, I was taken aback I was taken aback now in the week. I was busy opening my office there in Ruth Road. And a lady walked past with a three to four year old son. And the boy was crying. And he said to his mother, Mommy, I don't want to go home. It's boring. I said, three years, four years old. Know what's boring? I was 15 years old. I wouldn't dare use the word boring. But we were different kids. If I was alone at home, I'll take a, you remember the tire with the two sticks? Put a blicky water inside and there you go. That is your play car. Or the wheel of the bicycle, get a piece of draught 
and there you go with your wheel. We entertained ourselves. Nowadays, every child sits with their own laptop, their own games, their own everything, and you don't dare even call them for, for dinner because you will disturb them. Where are we heading to? Introduce your children to the games that we used to play, Jack Big Gun, Yaap Mai Fang, Bok Bok Operach, that was my favorite game, Bok Bok Operach, Blickies, all these things. Introduce them. The children don't play anymore. The children are not children. They're becoming Americanized and secularized and westernized. You can see by the kind of clothing that our children wear. Our young boys want to be like Eddie Murphy and then who else wearing earrings in the, in the ears. It's haram. It's haram for a man to wear earrings. The Nabi alayhi salam say, the curse of Allah is on the man who imitates a woman and the curse of Allah is on the woman who imitates a man. If you're a man, be a man and be proud to be a man. And if you're a woman, Stand tall and be proud that Allah has created you, the mother of the nation and the queen of your home. Inshallah, we hope and pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our eyes. Wallahi, we are a beautiful community. We are a beautiful community. But at the moment, we are disintegrating. Stop that process of disintegration Come back to the Quran, our ultimate and supreme guidance and the genuine sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.